Hey guys, welcome back to Roundhouse Radio. We just had a pretty exciting weekend of fights, in my opinion. Some good boxing, some good MMA, and let's dive right into Andrew Ruiz, man, because Andrew Ruiz had his comeback this weekend against Chris Ariola, and it didn't it didn't go exactly as planned. And I wanted to sort of dive into you know some of the some of the gaps and some of the um, great boxing that he showed, and then talk a bit about like his his sort of um, situation right now, right? So. A lot of the times when switching camps, it can be a great thing, right? And just off the bat, it's going to be perfect and you're going to move, um, you know, great with the new coaches, great with the new game plan and great with the new style um, if, if you're trying to implement a new style. And other times it takes a little bit of time to develop into that new style. And I think that's what we, sh- we saw. Now, what happened for the people that didn't see it? Andy got dropped in the second round. Uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a bad drop, and then he sort of went right back at him, especially going into the third round, and he got essentially dropped again. Right, he was able to stay up, but it was a, he got cracked, and he pretty much went down. Um, but he was able to stand up because his Andy's Andy's chin is great, but what's even better than his chin is his ability to recover. But I wanted to sort of talk about sort of what happened and maybe why we saw this happen now as we know andy went to a new camp right so now he's training with canelo team which in my opinion even after this performance is undoubtedly the best place for him to be man because he's around you know super high level athletes great coaching and you know hopefully we'll be able to get to that next level and we saw a lot of that next level and we saw a good performance out of him right he won on officially he won 10 rounds Unofficially, he, he won at least eight. You know, he definitely won the fight. There was really no question about that. But he wasn't able to put Chris Ariola into trouble at all. Like, he cracked him a couple of good times. Chris is super durable, man. And, and he showed it. And he had, Chris had faster hands than I think even Andy was expecting. But we could talk about, you know, the start. Realistically, he was probably a little overconfident and just sort of doubted his opponent a little bit, which is probably why he got cracked, right? You know, second round into a fight, it's not like he was dominated the fight, right? He dominated the fight, but he took shots that I wasn't really expecting to see him take. And the shot that dropped him, you know, right behind the ear, perfect placement, um, great shot, and he was coming in. And frankly, like, you could argue that that was just because he was doubting his opponent and he got cracked. But what I didn't like was when Andy got hurt, he was hurt and that was undeniable, but it seemed like he sort of told himself like, no, I'm not hurt. You know how this guy has the audacity to think he hurt me because he came back like even stronger, right? Which is what he did against Anthony Joshua and it paid off for him. But the thing is, is it paid off against Anthony Joshua that one time when in reality, it's like, when you get hurt like that, don't just wade right back into the fight. Because that's what he did. And then he got hurt again. And then he was taking shots that he shouldn't be taking. And it was just because his ego overwhelmed him, right? His ego of being like, no, you you can't hurt me. How dare you think you just hurt me? I'm going to come back and prove right away that you didn't hurt me. Instead of just taking the rest of the round to recover, instead of taking the next half of the of the next round to recover, he put himself back into danger. Imagine that situation against a stronger, more talented opponent. And he could have got put away. He could have lost that fight just from having his ego get involved into the the thought of getting hit, right? When that just doesn't need to happen, man. Especially that early in the fight. Like, who cares? You had another you had another 10 rounds to work. 
And instead of taking the time to really make sure that you've recovered, you're going to sort of wade right back into the fire. It was unnecessary. So that was that was a part of the, the game that I just didn't, I don't know. I thought he could have done a bit better there. But let's talk about areas he did great in. One, his cardio held up great. He went hard for the whole 12 rounds. So obviously he's been putting in that work. He looked way more in shape. His movement was great. His hand speed was still there. He landed great shots. He dominated the ring the entire time. Even when he got hurt, he was still dominating the ring. So I think I think it just was Chris Ariola was a bit better than people might have thought he was. And he was really, really patient, right? He didn't do much, but when he would when he would attack he would just go right and his hands were pretty quick and and he did he did great you know no one expected him to win that fight even a little bit so the fact that he made it an exciting and good fight was was cool to see and you know what it it gave Andy a good test and a good um a good a good fight to get back in with a new camp and I wanted to talk about that right so what we've seen before was Andy would allow especially because he's so short he would allow people to come to him and then he would, you know, slip the jab and just throw, be able to throw, you know, three or four with what he has a, he, he has a tendency to throw his right, left, right, left, right. He doesn't throw multiple shots with one hand. And we even saw in this fight when he started to let that happen, that's when he was his most successful because that's how he's done it his whole career. And when moving into a new camp, so training with Canelo, he started to fight similar to Canelo, right? So, which is to control the ring, to sort of plod forward, and then to slip on your way in and throw big shots and land. And that just didn't work for him. He just didn't have the um, time doing that to really be able to do it as effectively as I would have liked to see him do it. So when he got hit, he was sort of coming in and he would like slip off to the side but just wasn't reading it correctly and got cracked. So it was while he was trying to come in. And then when he got hit again, it was the same thing. He was coming in and then boom, he got hit with, I think it was a left hook that sent him flying back to the canvas, not to the canvas, flying back to the ropes. And he was able to stay up because of his unbelievable conditioning, hard work, and obviously granite chin. But that being said, overall, it was a good performance. So hopefully you know, hopefully he can take notes from this and come back an even better fighter. And I think that with Canelo's team, you know, maybe they should they should analyze what's best for him for the division. And it might not be that same style, but he also might be able to work um, at that style, get better at that style, and then and then really exceed. Do I think it's some big like it was some awful performance by him? No, you know, especially being caught so early and then having a really dominant rest of the fight. Um, but it's still sketchy, you know what I mean? When you see a guy get dropped by someone he probably shouldn't be getting dropped by, especially seeing as where he wants to be, right? And he wants to prove that he's top five, top three. He wants to prove he's the best in the world, really, obviously. All pro boxers do. But, you know, did he prove to the fans that he's the top, one of the top dogs in boxing right now at heavyweight? Uh, not with that fight, not with that performance, right? So he's got to go back to the drawing board, come back, and hopefully have a couple more dominant wins. So after last night's performance... Holy shit. Okay, so let's talk about what's next for Andy Ruiz. Uh, you know, earlier I talked about how he's switched camps. So he, you know, he's sort of operating with a slightly new style. And, it, you know, it's not drastically changed by any stretch of the imagination, but it is slightly different, right? So he's trying to operate on more of like a Canelo-esque style where you take the center of the ring and sort of, you know, really 
he's he's trying to work on having ring generalship. I think that's what he's really trying to do instead of just sort of being a very good counterpuncher and reactionary fighter. And I think that's sort of what got him caught was he just didn't really have his defense or maybe he just didn't respect his opponent as much. Now, I know that this was his comeback fight and this was his transformation fight. And frankly, it just didn't go exactly as planned, right? It was supposed to be a showcase and it wasn't a great showcase for him, right? He did a he did a fantastic job for 90% of the fight and he had a dominant, a dominant fight. But there was that 10% where against some of the higher level guys in the division, that would have been it, honestly. Against some of the harder punchers in the division, like you're not walking away from those shots that he was taking. So there's still some work to be done there. And I think that, you know, boxers are, are good at this, but the fans are bad at it. Where we sort of like rush our our favorite fighters to get back into things or, you know, we rush their their potential. We rush greatness, right? And you can't do that. So what do I want to see out of Andrew Ruiz, man? I want to see another two chill fights for him i want to see another two maybe even three like let's stay active this year get another two or three fights against opponents that aren't going to give you a super hard time but are still going to present some difficulties because this will help him really get into the groove of his new team really flex his discipline so make sure that he's able to stay disciplined for a whole year right start getting his um, ability to work well with Canelo's team better, work well with Eddie better, right? And then sort of start to implement these new strategies and this new sort of look throughout the year. How is that an issue, right? Why is fighting lower level opponents um, so frowned upon when you're trying to reinvent yourself as a boxer, right? He was champ and he lost it. When AJ lost being champ he went back he went straight back to the drawing board came back looking completely different right and yeah he jumped right back into it because he had that rematch clause and frankly that was a good call for him but you know with this fight like there's no real rush because the the top top guys are sort of locked right they're sort of locked up in their in their trio of fighting where you know sorry Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua are probably going to fight each other and then they'll probably fight each other again so there's there's a long time before the heavyweight division is going to really open back up again right because there's a good year or two years I mean who knows with these guys right it could be three years until we see the heavyweight division really open back up we see Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua able to fight other people again so I just don't see a reason to like rush the process of getting Andrew Ruiz comfortable with this new team because I thought he looked great for, like I said, 90% of the fight. So let's see him fight a couple more times until he looks great 100% of the fight until he's not taking those unnecessary shots, right? Until he's dominating every round until he's really able to get that sort of ring generalship down until he's really able to get his head movement even better than it already is. You know, he's got great head movement, but he was getting cracked and, and maybe that was just disrespecting his opponent, but it happened. So we can't know that. His coaches can't really know that. And there's nothing wrong with, with you know, just getting the reps under your belt of lesser opponents, right? Not not going and fighting Joseph Parker again, you know, not even fighting, you know, Dylan White. Like, let's take that off the table for another year, you know, maybe a bit less than that, but get two or three more fights and then go fight, go fight Chisora or go fight... Um, man, I'm blanking on his, yeah, Dylan White, I just said it, right, 
then go fight those guys. Then go put yourself back in that mix once you're like good with your new team because there's growing pains when you try to make these adjustments, right? You can't just make an adjustment overnight and think you're going to be flawless. So, man, I I see incredible potential in Andy. You know what I mean? He's got he's got weirdly good genetics for it. I think it's not necessarily genetics, but because he's been doing it since such a young age, his body is so conditioned to do this that he's really fantastic with his conditioning's great. His chin is obviously great. His ability to bounce back from getting hurt is second to none in the division, honestly. So, you know, there's there's such a great possibility for this guy. Don't rush it. Take your time. He's still young. He's still got plenty of time in the game, you know. Get your diet down. Get your get your new training camp down. You know, get your new team down. Get all this stuff down to the point where it's just operating so smoothly and so perfectly and then go for those big fights again and then you might you might win him, you know, and and that's that's what I like to see. I don't I don't like a rushed process when I'm talking about fighters. Okay, so let's talk about Yuri Prohatska. That's probably the only time I'm gonna try to pronounce his last name because I doubt I got it right. But that was a truly incredible performance, and this is this is exciting because the light heavyweight division is one of the you know least competitive divisions in the UFC right now and that's not a knock on the light heavyweights at all it's just because the rest of the UFC is so competitive you look at lightweight or bantamweight and it's just insane how deep those divisions go with talent right the top 10 are all incredible in those divisions you don't really see that as much in the light heavyweight division so it's really fun to see this guy who's just an absolute wild man come in and so far demolish some of the two best guys in the division you know two title challengers Volkov and Uzumir, sorry, and Reyes both challenged for the title. And, you know, Reyes did great against John Jones. So, you know, we were really high on him. But, you know, honestly, this wasn't a close fight. He totally blew both those guys out of the water with an incredibly weird style. You know, he was he was so explosive. His arms are, are so unbelievably long that he's able to get away with things that I don't think a lot of other guys would be able to get away with. You know, his movement is, is really good. His ability to stay defensively responsible... For the most part, he got clipped a couple of times, but stay defensively responsible while being so wild is kind of cool to me. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's a lot of benefits to being able to put your hands down like that and being able to throw unorthodox strikes. But what I thought was great was he kept the same conditioning and cardio and power right until the end of the second round. He didn't slow down really at all. And he was able to keep this pace that is pretty. You know, I haven't seen it in the light heavyweight division like that. And he was just breaking Reyes down. And Reyes showed great toughness, actually. I think there was a lot of moments in this fight where most guys would be out like a light well before when he actually did end up going out. And he showed toughness. He showed grit. He kept fighting back the whole time. But it, it was just, you know, Yuri is on a different level. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, not fighting in the UFC isn't a bad thing. This guy has 24 first round knockouts. Okay, before getting into the UFC. Now he's in the UFC. He's fought only the best guys. He's beat them in dominant fashion. And he's got himself a title shot in two fights. And he deserves the title shot. Because, you know, Rakic, yeah, sure, he's he's you could easily argue that on paper he deserves the fight. But then when you watch his last fight, you know, it really was he didn't have that urgency. This guy's coming in here just going ballistic. Has it seems like all the urgency in the world. 
why not give him the title shot? It, he's he's getting it. You know what I mean? We always talk about going out and getting the title shot, making yourself undeniable. Well, you know, Rakic didn't really do that. He didn't make himself undeniable. This guy made himself undeniable. In my opinion, he's who I want to see fight for the title. Why not? He's already got like almost, I, I don't know, I think it is 30, UFC, 30 MMA fights already. He's not inexperienced by any stretch of the imagination. So get him in there, man. Like this is a this is a fun matchup. But let's talk about him as an individual. You know, there's a bit of a language barrier right now, but I think that his star power, honestly, should be top level because the guy loves like the authentic martial arts. You know, he came in with that sick samurai hairstyle. You know, he really believes in the traditional martial arts. And he was talking about trying to become a master, right? Like he wants to master the martial arts and really prove he's the best in the world. And not only to, you know, the UFC and and the belt, but he wants to be a master of martial arts. So he wants to prove it to himself. So he's going to be developing. I was watching the uh, post-fight press conference with him. And one of the, one of the, announcers is like you looked like a master to me and just on his face you can see right away he's like no I'm not even close you just ice the number three contender in the world at 205 pounds and he's going no I'm not there yet that's the kind of mentality that is truly exceptional when it comes to the fight game the 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 eagerness to learn is second to none you see it in guys like Brian Ortega who they lose and then they go away for a year and they come back and they look like a totally different guy because they're eager to learn. You know what I mean? You see it in guys like, you know, guys that go and they they, they find holes in their game and then they just commit to that craft and come back better because they just don't have an ego about it, right? Their ego is that they want to be the best but they don't just tell themselves over and over again that they're the best. They go out there and they try to learn to be the best and that's what Yuri's trying to do. And it's just a testament to, you know, his will, man. Like he comes in here and he sets he sets a pace that is almost unheard of in the in the light heavyweight division. And he's keeping his hands low and he's showing like 50 looks at the same time. He's 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 throwing incredible feints that don't even really make sense, but they don't make sense to the point where they're so confusing to his opponent that you don't see it coming. And he's mixing it up. So he's he's not just throwing headshots. And it might look like it, but his teeps to the body, there's a picture of one of his teeps to the body landing on Dominic Reyes. And man, it looks like his foot is like inside his stomach. He really is punching a hole inside these guys' stomachs. And so he's mixing it up. He's throwing strikes at different levels. And then he's just hitting with <laughs> 24 knockouts in the first round. Now I think he's got like 27, 28 KOs. That's crazy power. So he's got the genetics. He's got the power. He's got the will. He's got the style to be exciting. You know, looking at it now, it's pretty exciting. But what do we need to see, right? What do we need to see to know if he's legit? Well, unfortunately, we got to see him face a boring wrestler, right? We got to see him pass that test because, you know, this is a very Johnny Walker-esque situation. A guy comes in, he gets these crazy knockouts with this crazy unorthodox style right at the start of his UFC career and then everyone hops on this train and they're like could he beat John Jones you know and we never learn man we never learn with these hype trains we just go right back to the beginning get hyped again the difference between him and Johnny Walker is he is beating you know 
contenders, right? Like ranked opponents, whereas Johnny Walker was beating guys that were, I, I know he beat Misha uh, Sirkunov, who's, you know, totally legit. But other than that, the only wins he had were against um, unranked guys. So, you know, that was a different situation. But I really think Yuri might, we don't know because we haven't really seen it yet, but he might have some trouble with these wrestlers. We'll see. We'll see. Um, overall, though, man, like, I'm excited, bro. And, and I remember watching the Volkov fight, and then I watched a breakdown of it, and I was already pumped for this guy. And then seeing this performance, epic. Couldn't be more excited. So let's talk about what's next for Yuri. You know, I personally think that depending on how active Jan wants to be, he could he could wait out for a title shot. But let's say he doesn't want to wait out for a title shot. Let's say the UFC, let's say Jan is, um, you know, he's, he fights Glover and then he wants to take another six months off. You know, who's Yuri going to fight? Well, the only fight is is Rakic, right? Alexander Rakic, who is the other contender for the next in line for the title shot. Now, that's a really, one, that's a good matchup for him. Because like I talked about in a previous episode or earlier in this episode, um, I think a striker would be his biggest, uh, a wrestler. I think a wrestler would be his biggest issue. And Rakic is certainly a striker, right? And he's, and Rakic's a more traditional kickboxing style striker. So he actually might have a bit of trouble with this crazy style. And frankly, Reyes has crazy power and Volkov has crazy power. And they both hurt Yuri, but they weren't able to put him away. So, you know, you wonder if, if Rakic would have the power to put him away. And frankly, I think this would be a great fight for both of them because Rakic, we'll see, we've seen, and rightfully so. I, I'm actually pro-boring fights because I think that it really helps your longevity, and if you get the win, you get the win. No one really cares long-term. So, I mean, win how you have to win. But Yiri is not going to let Rakic have a boring fight. So he would really bring it out of him. He would bring out the monster that is Alexander Rakic. Like, that guy's a monster, man. And it's just, it's just, it takes two to tango, right? So Yiri would really bring that out of him. And, and it, was, it would be a striking match. I think it would be super exciting. And then that would really show us exactly who's next in line for the title shot. There would be no question about who's next in line for the title shot if they do that fight. So... That's an exciting matchup, man. That's the fight that I want to see. I want to see Alexander Rakic fight Yuri. And I want I want to see Yuri keep doing what he's doing, man. Because his his willingness to learn and develop is exactly what's going to take him to that next level and going to make him a world champion. I think that I think that he's on that path. I think that he could definitely take it from Jan. I think that that fight with Jan is exciting. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. This weekend, we saw Yuri Prochaska fight and win in dominant fashion. And I wanted to talk about something that is potentially important for young MMA fighters and guys coming into the sport. And that is not rushing to the UFC. Now, I think there's a lot of situations like Cody Garbrandt's a, a great example of a guy who he won his first five fights, then he was right into the UFC, and then he went undefeated to the title, right? So he was he's a great example of getting into the UFC as quickly as possible but I think that he's he's not a normal talent he's unbelievably talented and he already had a ton of experience outside of the UFC and in amateur boxing and wrestling and stuff like that so he's probably not the best example but I want to talk about not rushing into the UFC because we see a lot of guys show up later in their career with this wealth of experience outside of the UFC and that's how they got their their skill to be at, at a higher level without taking as much damage, building up their professional resume, right? And building up their knowledge base of MMA and how to fight. 
good examples. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky. He had something like 20 fights outside of the UFC. Um, maybe it was less than that. I think at least 15, 16 fights outside of the UFC. Um, uh, Wei Li, she had a good like 16 fights outside of the UFC. Yiri, he had a good like 27 fights outside of the UFC. And then they get into the UFC and what do they do, man? They just crush through the competition. They've already got a ton of experience. They haven't taken too much damage earlier in their career because they were fighting potentially lesser opponents. And another great thing about fighting guys that aren't at the UFC caliber, because you, like, you have no idea how good you have to be to suck in the UFC, right? So they've they've been able to try things out in fights against guys that aren't in the UFC. And they've been able to take bigger risks to learn things and develop skills and then bring those skills to the UFC where they're ready to fight the highest of caliber of opponents. And you see guys like, the best example that I can think of is a guy like Chase Hooper, right? Who's, he's like 19, you know, and I'm, I'm exaggerating, I think he's like 21, who they come into the UFC and then they're thrown in with wolves and they're taking a lot of damage earlier in their career, right? They're really not getting the opportunity to develop other than in the gym, right? In in fights, in professional fights, they're not really getting to try different looks, try different styles, do different things that would potentially put themselves in risk where they're able to work out of it because the opponents can't really take advantage of it. And they're not able to just develop themselves slowly over time. Instead, they're rushed into the UFC. Mickey Gall is another great example of a guy who it was like he had one MMA fight and then he was in the UFC and he really wasn't able to develop his skill base before having to fight super high level opponents. And he's doing okay, but I think he could be doing better if he'd taken his time to get into the organization. So it's like, it's, it's all I'm trying to say is don't rush the process, right? Don't be, but don't think that because you're not fighting in the UFC, you're failing somehow, right? You're getting these fights under your belts, man. You're you're learning, you're developing, you're still getting wins. Ideally, if you're losing, then you know it is what it is. But ideally, you're winning and you're you're building your confidence. And then once you get into the UFC, you have this wealth of experience behind you, and you're able to leverage that and actually win when it really counts. Frankly, nobody cares how you perform before the UFC. Like no one, very, very, uh, an unbelievably minute amount of people will like research into your earlier fights to find out how they went, right? For the most part, they're only going to care about what they see in the big stage in the UFC. So if you take the time to have your more lackluster performances outside of the UFC, and then once you're in the UFC, you're an electric fighter like Yuri is, like Alexander Volkanovsky is, well then guess what? People are going to be your fan and, and you're going to win, ideally. So it's funny, you, the MMA, a lot of MMA fighters will just dive in with the best in the world. You don't see that in boxing, man. In boxing, these guys will fight guys that have 100 losses on their record to really build themselves up. It's almost like, you know, sparring on steroids. Like it's like sparring, but at a higher level where or higher risk where people are really trying to knock you out. And, and that's how they learn. But in MMA, we don't do that. So I'm saying... Do it more in MMA, man. Get 10, 15 fights outside of the UFC where you really build up your skill base before challenging for these bigger fights, you know? And I get that money is obviously a big problem because the smaller organizations really don't pay that much. But, you know, that's a problem for another day, right? I I can't help you with that. But uh, overall, man, I'm just saying like patience is a virtue. Take time to learn the game and then get in there and win. So 
Saturday, we saw Dominic Reyes get stopped. And it wasn't only that he got stopped, he got pretty badly dominated the entire fight, right? And Dominic Reyes had a crazy career trajectory. He had a very small amount of fights when he had his first title shot against John Jones. A lot of people think he won that fight, man. Um, it was razor close. It could have easily been a draw. That could have easily been a draw. Uh, he could have easily won it. It was really just up to the judges that night. Um, he didn't finish John. He didn't get the stoppage or anything. So it just is what it is, right? If you want to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. Um, that's up for debate. I'm not going to sit here and debate whether or not he won a fight. Uh, on the official records, he didn't. So that's all that matters, right? And then now he's uh, he's lost three in a row. And I think Dominic Reyes is... He's, he's a guy that's super, super genetically gifted, but he also has like a great mind for boxing. So he's got great um, vision, incredible power, man. He sleeps a lot of people. But at the highest level against the top, top opponents, he frankly has struggled. Um, so in the Volko, Volkov Ozdemir fight, razor close. Uh, I think he got outlanded that fight. A lot of people thought he, lo he lost that fight. Um, I know the verdict scorecards. Uh, on Instagram, that account, Verdict MMA. I'm pretty sure they had him losing that fight. Um, and then he beat Chris Weidman, and then he got his title shot. And he did great, especially the first three rounds. But now he's coming up against guys that have a lot more experience than him, and they're able to dismantle him, right? So Jan completely just dismantled him. He didn't have anything for Jan. And then now Yuri has pretty much dismantled him too. And both those guys, Jan and Yuri, and Jan has a ton of kickboxing fights too, so don't even, don't even get his um, MMA record twisted. He's got a ton of experience he's 38 right and Yuri also has like 30 fights so he's going in there against these like wily veterans that have been around and have crazy power and he got stopped twice so what do we see from him now man first first things first is don't rush back into it you got stopped badly twice so let your brain heal man like let let yourself take that time off and you know, the UFC does not punish guys at all for taking time off. You look at Luke Rockhold, who had to, he was forced to take like a long time off. He barely fought for a couple of years and then he was right back in the title mix. And I'm talking about when he fought Yoel Romero. He was supposed to be fighting for the title when he came off of one win against David Branch over like a year and a half of inactivity. And I could be remembering this wrong, right? But I, all I'm saying is the UFC really does not punish fighters for being inactive. So if I'm Dominic Reyes, man, I'm taking a year off I would take a full year off not take any damage to your head for the first um nine months ideally right I'm being I'm being idealistic here but just try to really take that time to heal and fix the gaps in your game because they're there right and he's a world-class fighter man he's a super high level guy he's he's got all the potential in the world so it's about not rushing that potential and just, you know, it's it's tough because these guys, man, at the top of the division at 205, they're killers. Like, they're all absolute axe murderers, right? And ironically, this fight against Yuri, I think for him, he probably thought like, oh, I'm going in against the number 15th ranked guy or whatever. Like, it's a good step down in competition to be able to fight someone that I'll be able to beat or whatever. And I mean, that certainly didn't work out. So what do you do? You know, you just fight a guy that's not even in the top 10 because... Here's something that's funny about MMA fans. MMA fans don't care about who you're fighting. They care about what your performance looks like, retrospectively. They care about what your performance looked like retrospectively. Dude, I mean, Kazma Chimai is a great example. He beat up some lightweight that fought him on six days notice. 
And no one cared that the guy he fought wasn't really a legit contender or should have been fighting a guy that can fight at middleweight. They just cared about his dominant performance. So if you go down and fight a guy that's of lower um, competition level, like just a, a lower, uh, someone who's significantly worse than you, if you cherry pick an opponent that's significantly worse than you, the fans won't care, man. The fans will be right back on your boat the second you get a great knockout. So why not do that, man? Why not take a year off, really refine your skills, fix the holes in your game, and then fight a guy who's lower level, get a great knockout, and then you're right back in the contender status. <laughs> like, no one will care. Um, and that's kind of what he has to do because another loss, if he loses again, then he, he's literally risking getting cut from the UFC, right? And we've seen that happen. So, you know, be, be tactical with your career, man, because the UFC doesn't care. Like, guys that aren't tactical with their career, you know, they get kicked out of the UFC, so...